Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Talk Me to the Movies. This is Kara. And this is Brenna. And today we're doing a very long-awaited episode that we've talked about quite a bit on our previous episodes. (laughs) We are going to be talking about Enneagram movie recommendations. Um, So we're going to be giving a movie movie recommendation. I have some that I have two or three on, but we'll be giving movie (laughs) recommendations. I know, it's hard not to. Yeah, for... (laughs) different Enneagram types. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. What about you, Brenna? Me too. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's funny when you were saying that in the beginning, I was thinking, I think we said on three different occasions that we were doing this the following week. (laughs) But you know what? It takes a lot of research. I think it's good that we took our time and I feel really good about our picks. I do too. And I'm excited to see yours. Um, but one thing I think we should say is that we are by no means experts on the Enneagram. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is just our, our best guesses, I guess, is what we should say. But yeah. Yes, I appreciate that disclaimer, especially because I know Enneagram, for the people who are into it, it means a lot to them. So <laughs> have some grace with us in our, <laughs> in our suggestions. And I'll admit, too, for, for me personally, I'm pretty I'm pretty big newbie to the Enneagram thing. Like, I've been aware of it for a while, but I think only recently discovered what my number actually was and kind of dove back into it. So I apologize in advance if anybody hears my Rex and is like, that is so off. <laughs> but I don't think that'll happen. I feel like I feel prepared. Yeah. I, I think there's one of mine that I'm like, I hope people wouldn't be offended by this, but I guess we'll find out. But what we'll do is we'll put some links below, that just Enneagram resources. So you can go look up. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, go look at the different nine personality types. I was actually kind of surprised how easy this was to do. Oh, good. I think that's so smart. It, it really is like, I love what you said that it's like storylines we kind of tell ourselves or identify with is how we kind of know our personality type. I think that that meshes them together really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I will, I will admit, I, you and I talked about this. A lot of mine are based on, it'll be interesting. I would love to like get people's feedback on this episode just to know like if you are this type of number, like how you feel about the recommendation. Cause I feel like a lot of mine are based on the type of number that the main character is or a character in the movie is, mm-hmm. but yeah. 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 We would love people's feedback. I think there could be some really interesting conversation around this for sure. Yeah. Same. Should we say our numbers first or wait till we get to them? Oh yeah. Let's do and that. So, my Enneagram number, I'm fairly confident, is a five. I thought I was a lot of other things. I thought I was a two to start and then potentially a nine. Um, and just coincidentally, never like dug into what a five was. But when I learned more about it, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, it's kind of had that moment of like, get out of my head, Enneagram people, you know? <laughs> so it's been really fun to like dig into that a little more. But um, just quick background on the five is... One of the names that goes along with it is the investigator. But kind of what I identify with in that number is just there is that investigative part of like really wanting to dig into the details of things and like learn all I can about a subject I'm really interested in. Hence movies, like being obsessed about going down the rabbit hole with them. (laughs) Um, But also fives are characterized by um, just fear of kind of being 
depleted in energy or feeling incapable or having like their personal space too invaded. Um, and they desire to really be like self self-sufficient and capable. And I identify with that. I mean, I love people. I don't, I don't identify with like people saying fives are big time hermits, but I am super like, um, maybe it's an only child thing, but just can be very like individualistic and just wanting to tackle things on my own. And, um, and definitely identify with that whole thing. Like, okay, I only have so much energy. Like, what should I choose to devote it to? And I get really stressed if I, I feel like things are going to take more of my energy than I like planned for. Um, but also, I think this goes hand in hand with movies. On a more positive note, fives can be really like imaginative and kind of live inside their heads a lot. Um, and that really struck a chord with me as well. Just like, I've always been a daydreamer can entertain myself like (laughs) by being in my own mind on like long road trips and things um so yeah and I think that that really lends itself to um loving things like film and just stories and getting caught up in all of it um but yeah that's me (laughs) I I like so see you being a five like I for a while you were like kind of between numbers but like Mm -hmm. you were definitely the type of person I would go to if I wanted like information on something and especially like how you know so much about movies and like how like everything interconnects and even the way you researched before our podcast I'm like yes she is such a Enneagram five but yeah love it I'm glad I'm glad that it's like affirmed by other people who know me well because that's good yeah um so what about you yeah so my number is type four um I've heard like it being called like the individualist or the romantic. Um, so basically this type is sensitive, um, with can be withdrawn. They're expressive, dramatic, (laughs) something else I read said self-absorbed and temperamental, which these things (laughs) are true. But I think as a four, I do have a little bit of a flair for the dramatic or like really like to get into the emotions of things like to, I, I feel comfortable in a state of melancholy. Um, mm. and That's important to know how to, how to handle that. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I really relate to the type four. Um, definitely, I'm more emotions over logic. Um, mm. <laughs> and that's something, like, I've had to work on a lot. So I don't have quite as many issues um, as I used to with being overly expressive or overly temperamental because my emotions were like controlling me. Um, yeah. And it's said that a lot of type fours are like said to be really creative, um, like mm-hmm. artists or, um, maybe even movie makers. I don't know. I'm yeah. interested to see what you put down as your type four, but yeah. <laughs> so that's my type. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, with your just, like, background in fashion and things. Like, I think it totally makes sense. And for the record, I do not see you as self-absorbed. But <laughs> I feel like we could probably all identify that a bit if someone said that your type had a bit of self-absorption in it. We'd all be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And something interesting, I, I told you this um, outside of the podcast, but when I just, like, looked up for kind of shits and gigs on Letterboxd, like, if there were any Enneagram themed lists that users had made, 
Um, almost all of them, like if you just search the word Enneagram, they're almost all made by type fours and fives. It was so funny. I was like, this is weird. Like that, I mean, but it, but it makes sense, but it's just so funny. Like it speaks to the personality type a lot that these people were the ones who were even bothering to create Enneagram lists of movies. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I love that. And then a four and a five are going to do it on a podcast. It's great. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're a five because I feel like you can really, I'm I'm feeling unsure about my pick for five, but yeah, it doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me that it's the fours and fives making the list because I feel like all the four lists are going to be like kind of depressing movies or like <laughs> love stories that don't work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. High emotion. <laughs> um, and then fives are just gathering all this information to have it on yeah. paper. <laughs> yes. Oh man. It's so funny. I, I can't wait to see your react. My fours and five picks are very oddball. I will say that probably the most oddball picks that I have on here. <laughs> And maybe because I was like thinking about it so much because of us, but, um, but yeah, it's it's funny. (laughs) Should we just start with one and go up? You think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so the one on the Enneagram is known as the reformer. Um, also some people call it the perfectionist. Um, the movie that I picked or recommended for the Enneagram one is the dark Knight. Um, yeah, DC movie, which I'm learning more about these, (laughs) these superhero movies. Um, so it's part of the Christopher Nolan, uh, Batman trilogy. Um, and this one definitely picked this because Bruce Wayne, who's played by Christian Bale is very Enneagram one. Um, he has this perfectionism, but also is like really concerned with restoring Gotham back to a sense of morality, but he's fighting this inner struggle with himself. If he can stay moral on his own to defeat evil, or if he must have to like yeah. cross over, but in the dark night, he stays good. So <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. Batman stays good. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that story, like his story is very Enneagram one to me, like this reformer, like struggling with the ethics and the morality of, good versus evil. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that was my Enneagram one type pick. <laughs> I think that's a great pick. Yeah. And oh my gosh, one of the just greatest movies of all time, like in general, that movie, it's like every time I watch it, I forget. I'm like, it's just so perfect. It's so satisfying. It's so good. And oh, I love it. Yeah. Batman, I think is like perfect example of an Enneagram one. I'm kind of jealous of ones. Cause I feel like they get a lot of the like superheroes are really like pop culture beloved people like my I didn't pick this but I almost picked like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows for this I feel like I'm gonna start cheating I'm gonna be like I almost picked these five movies (laughs) (laughs) um but like just a lot of people like that yeah who are always like they're like the hero but they're like conflicted and always like torn between uh the dark and the light and but they always like make the right choice in the end and you just love following their story you know like I think that's great (laughs) that is so true Harry Potter I didn't even think about that one that is a good one yeah especially the Deathly Hallows (laughs) but yeah yes yeah so I guess my real pick (laughs) was um a movie called Saved have you ever seen Saved Mm -mm. oh man it's so good um so Saved is 
a movie from early-ish or mid-90s, I think. It's honestly like one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, but it centers around this woman, young woman named Mary. She's a high school student, and she goes to school at this um, like prestigious Christian university. Um, and it, it's such a great movie. It's like so of the time, and it has like uh, Mandy Moore and Macaulay Culkin in it, and it's <laughs> it's really great. Um, and it just like it feels so nostalgic to watch. But basically, so she's like this popular girl in a Christian university, and she has like a lot of this like righteous pride and thinks that she's like you know tight with Jesus and knows like all the right things to do and tight with Jesus, she, <laughs> tight with Jesus. <laughs> that was a weird way of saying. It. Um, it could be a t-shirt. I love it. Right? I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll sell those in our future merch store. Like, I'm tight with Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, and I'm, I feel like it's going to be hard to not spoil movies. Like, I guess I should put that caveat out there. But she gets pregnant unexpectedly. Um, and because of that, like, all of her friends kind of turn on her. And they're like, you know, you're not pure anymore. And... Um, basically it's like the movie ends up being about like her journey to understand like what loving people really looks like and, um, what's really important. Um, but it's also, it's like, I feel like I'm describing it. It sounds really cheesy. It's like a hilarious movie. It's a comedy. It's like, has some of my favorite quotes of all times, but I think she's very like torn between like, am I actually like an impure person now what does this mean about me like I want to be good I want to be all these things like that I say I am um but yeah it's just kind of like her struggle and where she ends up at the end is like super satisfying and happy ending and it's just so good I love it so oh my much gosh. I like love this I love the sound of this wait when was this film you would like it yeah um I I know it was Either 90s or, like, super early 2000s. Maybe early 2000s. Because I feel like I watched it shortly after it came out, and I wouldn't have been old enough in the 90s, I guess. 2004. 2004. Um, yeah, I really think that you would like it. It's it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> Mandy Moore is so great in it. She plays, like, the leader of, like, the popular girl group, and she's just, like, she is so awful, but she does it all in, like, the name of Jesus. And it's just so good. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I need to watch this. I love me some Mandy Moore. Yes, me too. Oh, my gosh. She's so underrated. (laughs) All right. What do you have for number two? All right. So for number two, which is often described as, like, the helper, um, one of the things I'm looking at says that that number two is caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. I feel like what I'm referencing is like <laughs> the thing that I, maybe we should use one of your things. This no, is I like, have that too. Okay. I have cling, clingy as one of the adjectives. <laughs> the Enneagram like doesn't mess around. It's like, oh, these are the great things about you, but then here are the awful things about you. And you're just like, whoa, I feel attacked. <laughs> what, what I think is so interesting about the Enneagram is oftentimes the best thing about you ends up being the worst thing about you. Yeah, it's so true. It's like, I love that it just acknowledges people's complexity. And I think it's really good. It's so like honest. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. But for my number two pick, I actually have a foreign film, um, Amelie. This is what I chose. Oh, 
nice. Yeah, which is a French film um, from 2001, directed by Jean-Pierre Wanet. <laughs> Uh, but it's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> stars, good to me. Yeah, it stars Audrey Tatao, which is played by Amelie. But basically, it's a story about a very shy Amelie, and she kind of finds her place by like helping people in her neighborhood, uh, her like small French neighborhood, either by matchmaking people or being like someone's guardian angel or kind of watching out for people. Um, and through this journey of helping others, she kind of starts to find herself, but also falls in love. Mm. And it's, it's just a sweet movie. It's a, you know, what's so funny about this movie is I remember being a child and walking through Blockbuster and seeing the front of this movie, like on the shelves at Blockbuster. And I was convinced it was a horror film. I don't know. I was too. Yeah. I don't know why, but the, it, the the front of it looks so scary. But come to find out <laughs> in adulthood, I, I found out what it really was. And it's actually one of my favorite movies now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that one again. It's been so long, but it's, yeah, it's really good. Did you know they have a like a Broadway play of it now? Or oh, they no. did before? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I bet that is so good. It's so good. I love this. Aww. It's a really good, it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I love that. And yeah, that's what's great about these lists. Is like, even if you're not into the Enneagram, we're just suggesting good movies at the end of the day. (laughs) Or movies that we like. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I think that's a really good pick. Um, Yeah, it's funny. I I feel like romance is a very twos and fours. Like when I was doing research, like they were like romance movies very much fit in kind of different aspects of them. But um that they kind of match those numbers. And so the movie I picked is uh, essentially like a romance as well. But I picked the movie Brooklyn, um, Ah, which... So good. Do you love Brooklyn? I know. I love that movie so much. Um, So yeah, Brooklyn, I I think it only came out like a few years ago. I still don't really know what time is anymore. But (laughs) Um, so Brooklyn centers around a young woman um, from Ireland named Eilish, and she immigrates to the United States um, on her own. She's from like a really small Irish village and she comes to Brooklyn, New York, hence the title. And um, basically it's just all about her trying to make her way on her own, like battling homesickness and always feeling that pull to return home. But then she falls in love with an American guy um, and they get married. And, but after that, because of like a family tragedy, she ends up having to go back home. And I think that's really when kind of like the, the type two aspect of this movie comes into play because she's really pulled into this helper role of like, okay, my, I need to serve my mom. Like she's on her own now. Like I, at the end of the day, I am this Irish woman. Like these are the people that have known me all my life and I kind of like owe them something. And so she's just like really torn between pursuing the life she's created on her own in America and staying in Ireland. Um, But I love it for twos because just at the end, it's kind of like you were saying with Amelie, like she ends up kind of like choosing herself and the love that she's found. And um, I just think it shows like the twos arc of like, it's so hard sometimes to do something for yourself when you like always just want to help others and you feel like that's what loving them like the only way loving them manifests um and yeah it's just like 
a really special movie. I just, I love the ending of it so much. And like Trisha Ronan, who we've proclaimed love for on this podcast before, is the star of it. And you actually get to see her be Irish, which like you don't get to see very often. And it's just so good. Um, we're actually coincidentally talking about it in a film club that I'm a part of next week. Like I'd already picked this movie for this before deciding that. So I, I, that means I get to watch it again. So I'm excited. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, it's weird that we, we never get to see Saoirse Ronan play like an Irish character. And honestly, this is yeah. the first movie I saw Saoirse Ronan in. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It's such a good one. It really for, is. For her. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure like where, like, I know that she's been working since she's like been really, really young. But like, at uh-huh. least from whenever I saw it, I remember being like, who is this actress? Like, she is good. And then yeah. Now, now she's in the Oscar conversations and all these like yes. things. So yeah, ah, she's the best. I yeah, love it. She she's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we get a three? Right. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Number three, which is known as the Achiever, um, which they're typically success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Um, I actually have a lot of three, like, friends that are, that are threes in my life. Um, mm. But I love threes. They are, the, <laughs> I guess, like, my perception of threes is that they can, they're, they are kind of performers. So they, mm. they have a flair, kind of like the type four. They have, like, a flair for the dramatic. Um, the yeah. movie that I picked was Lady Bird. Which is directed oh, by so good. yeah, directed by Greta Gerwig. Which we've <laughs> talked about Lady Bird a lot on this part podcast, but really, this it also has Sir Sharon in it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Our next six movies star Sir Sharon. <laughs> Honestly, we should just name our podcast like Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach, Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson. <laughs> We really should just like the state of just months. know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, <laughs> we like what we like. We don't like to stray away. Yes, yeah. but I think Lady Bird's. Yeah, it's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, and it it's really is like kind of like the story of a three, which I think she's probably a three wing four, like growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And she definitely has like a flair for the dramatic. Like she expects more from her typical Sacramento high school life and. One thing about type threes is that they can kind of be so like blinded by like becoming successful or like becoming not all, not all threes want to be famous, but becoming known that they can kind of like people that have helped them get there can kind of become overshadowed. And that's kind of like the deepness that comes yeah. in with um, Lady Bird's relationship with her mother yeah, um, in this movie. So yeah. And so, yeah. And it is also funny because there's like a point where she's like applying for colleges and she like gets into these certain colleges, which are like fine colleges, but they're not like cool enough. They're not like liberal arts enough for her to like, to like get on board with it. She's really, really smart, but she definitely does have this, um, like this, she's a three growing up in the world and like understanding like what's important and, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's what I picked for my Enneagram 3. <laughs> I love it. I think that's perfect pick. And, oh, my gosh, I just love that movie so much. Yeah, I think Lady Bird is definitely a 3. <laughs> and what's really funny, oh, my gosh, it's just kind of clicking for me, but my pick for a 3 
is a very like similar main character. I think I think it makes sense for like a three movie to be so driven by the main character being a three because it's a really like strong like personality type. Like these things are going to like define the story around them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the movie I picked for three is Rushmore, which is um, early Wes Anderson. Um, actually just watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, and um, it's just fresh in my mind, but I, I really loved it, first of all. Um, it's, it's one that he co-wrote with Owen Wilson, um, which I feel like their collaborations, I'm starting to learn like their collaborations in particular really work for me in terms of the Wes Anderson films. Um, but basically, it um, centers around a very similar character. It's a character named Max, played by baby, baby Jason Schwartzman. Like he was like 18 years old. Um, oh, this is the older Wes Anderson. This is, yeah. Yeah. I think this movie is from like 1998, 1997, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of similar to Lady Bird in that this character, Max, he goes to like a really ambitious private school um, and he's just like a big time overachiever. Like he's started like 60 clubs at the school and he his whole identity is being centered around being a part of this school. It's called Rushmore Academy. That's where the name comes from. Um, but even though he goes to this prestigious school, he's from like a really poor family and was raised by like a single dad. But it's something that he like keeps secret. But it's really similar to Lady Bird because Max, he's, like, this huge overachiever, but he also, like, is a really bad student. Like, he gets, like, bad grades, um, but he's just so involved in everything else. Um, But basically, like, in the course of the story, he gets put on academic probation and eventually, like, kicked out of the school. So it's just, like, about him being, like, okay, so what is my identity now that I'm not linked to this, like, school where all the rich, successful kids go and I don't, like, have my ticket out of you know, the way I was raised. Um, So basically, you know, he kind of goes on this arc of learning. He's actually most successful when he learns to let go of all his pride around, like, coming off as being the best or overachieving. Um, It's kind of, this movie has a weird element of, like, teacher-student romance, which is kind of awkward. I'll throw that in there, but but the main storyline is really good, um, and I think this has one of the best, like, movie soundtracks ever. It's so good. <laughs> I really liked it. I think I actually have this DVD sitting in my apartment, and I've never watched it, so oh, I need to watch no. it. <laughs> you should. I watched it on DVD, too, because my friend let me borrow hers. <laughs> it's, like, a great way of, like, yeah, a nostalgic way of watching a nostalgic movie. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. It's so good. I yeah. think it's really good. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, I feel like this is underrated. I don't hear it talked about that much in like the Wes Anderson conversation, but I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Something I want to talk to you about soon is like Owen Wilson and his, I think that would be an interesting episode for us to do. It's like an overview of Owen Wilson's work. <laughs> Cause yeah. he really is like, so he's, I don't know. I guess malleable is probably the word, like to where he's in so many different types of movies. But I digress. I digress. (laughs) No, I think it's a great idea. Such an interesting career for sure. Yeah. All right. What's your four? Number four. Woo! Number four. Okay, I have I have two that I recommended for a type four. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Because you're that's your number. This is our this is our podcast. We make the rules, right? So I can yes. Um, which we already kind of talked about the individualist, um, is the type four, the romantic, 
the I the first movie that I recommended is uh, Ghost Story, but basically I I took a a, a review from Letterbox.com and that's going to be my description of why this is a type four movie. Yeah. <laughs> so shout Love out, Letterbox. yeah, shout out to Art Pig who who had this review. <laughs> If that's you, <laughs> if we you're listening, you. um, <laughs> a silent film about love, loss, sacrifice, and memories. It's a movie about our legends and what we've le- what we leave behind when we die, and when and what we try to find meaning in. So, I liked that re- review a lot. One thing about Enneagram fours is that they kind of tend to live in the past, and mm. so this. This this movie is kind of outside of time to where this like a husband of this woman dies and you kind of you get really lost in time. But basically, it, it it's really hard for me to see anyone enjoying this movie <laughs> who cannot sit inside like a, a prolonged state of melancholy and silence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is kind of a something like a good thing that force can do like a good side of force so i could yeah. see force really liking this movie which i really liked it when i saw it as well so oh, so good <laughs> yeah. and then my second one is marriage story uh which came out in 2020 directed by noah bomback um and basically to me like this movie is like a love story in reverse so it's like a love story of or it's love being ripped apart by two individuals and it doesn't have a happy ending. Um, so yeah, I can just see fours being really intrigued by this movie, which I was as well. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh man. Yeah. That's such, those are really great points, especially around a ghost story. Like you, yeah. Just what it asks you to sit in for like, what could be an uncomfortably long amount of time if you're not the right person is like so powerful. Like, oh man. And shout out to uh, that being filmed in DFW. Yeah. Fort Fort Worth, Texas, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Oh, what a great movie. I'm pretty sure. I love Marriage Story too. Yeah, they're they're both so good. I'm pretty sure I saw that Ghost Story was directed, or sorry, was made for under $10,000. (laughs) <laughs> I believe it. I like, <laughs> it's like here you're gonna wear a sheath, Casey Affleck, for <laughs> for ninety percent of this movie. <laughs> Poor Casey Affleck gets covered in a sheet for his entire career, and Ben Affleck is out there being like undestructible. So <laughs> right, and I think like I remember looking it up. I was like, was that really him for like the rest of the movie? Like it could have been anybody, but it, it was really him who wore that sheet around. <laughs> so great oh man i need to rewatch that movie for sure (laughs) what'd you get for four all right so um i know a lot of fours obviously you're one of them um we've had some other coworkers who are fours and i have a really good friend who's a four um and i reached out to her and who's also a movie buff and i was like hey what are some movies that really resonate with you she sent me a really long really great list so it was really hard to pick one um but the one i picked i definitely have some bias toward um and it's kind of an oddball pick i'll admit um and it's funny because at the beginning you were like they always pick fours always like movies where it's like a love story that doesn't work out and that is what this movie is (laughs) 
sorry for being so stereotypical. But it's a movie called Comet, which have you ever heard of it? No. Uh-uh. I had honestly almost forgotten about it. I haven't seen it in so long. Um, but it came out in 2014. Stars Justin Long and Emmy Rossum. I love Justin um, Long. I love him. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. It's a really good movie. It's, it's directed by Sam Esmail, who he's... This is a big reason I picked this movie, because um, he is the creator of um, Mr. Robot and Homecoming, which are like two of my favorite shows. I just love his aesthetic so much. I think he's freaking brilliant. Um would follow him basically anywhere and watch anything he made. Um, but yeah, Comet is, um, so it's a love story between these two characters, but it also has an element of like kind of fantasy sci-fi in that it kind of like jumps time and dimensions. So you kind of see this couple um, like kind of in two different states or versions of themselves. You see kind of like the arc of their romance. Um, and it just has some really like interesting things to say just about you know, what, uh, what love really is and like, you know, when relationships should work and when they shouldn't. Um, it's, it's tough. It's like a very honest look at a romance, especially when like, it's like two people who are always pulled to one another, even like in different dimensions, you know, but, but like, they're never quite on the same page. Um, and it's just like really beautiful. It's like, um, it kind of has some weird like La La Land aspects to it. Cause it's like set in LA and you see them go to all those places, like watching, um, like movies in that famous graveyard where they do like the projections. I don't know. So it just felt very like, um, Hollywood in a fun way, but it's just really, it was a really like unique take on a love story that like, even if it doesn't have the happiest ending, it feels like satisfying i don't know just because it feels so honest i guess yeah yeah <laughs> man this is giving me like 500 days of summer vibes i'm like mm. yeah it definitely has some similar elements yes yeah. it's like a darker 500 days of summer darker not in like a <laughs> just in like no one's like breaking out into song you know but <laughs> 500 days of summer crossed with horror film <laughs> yeah like <laughs> If you watch that movie and you just wanted it to be sadder and make you feel worse, then you should watch Comet. Oh my god, that's no, exactly so like good. what I'm looking for in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's it's something I admittedly need to watch again because it's been a couple of years. But when my friend sent me this list and I saw that and I was like, oh, what a great movie. Um, so yeah. Would recommend and think it fits a four. You'll have to let me know if you watch it. <laughs> yeah. And see if I was off there. But <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, we're at number five. I think you should start us off since you since you are number five. Okay. Well, so <laughs> this is hard. It was hard to pick one for my own number, but I had a lot of ideas. Um, but I might cheat and share two as well, just because the. I originally had one and then I changed it last minute, but the two of them are like so different. So maybe it'll be good to kind of show both sides of a five. Yes. But my my pick on paper is Annihilation, which <laughs> is like so intense. <laughs> um, and it came out just like a couple of years ago. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm kicking myself. What is his name? <laughs> Alex Garland. Yes, yes. Good. But yeah, Annihilation. So... It was another thing that like just made me laugh about this number being spot on is that when I was researching, um, I read that 
fives really love horror and sci-fi, which I was like, those are my favorite genres. Like, (laughs) um, just because like, just kind of that, um, fantastical element of being imaginative with like monsters and creatures and just, you know, things being a little bit different than true reality. Sometimes like, I feel like for me, things that work really well are like, it's could be real. And it's just like slightly off that you could like make that jump, you know, logically. Um, but yeah, so my main pick was Annihilation, which is a sci-fi movie just about, um, oh man, it's so, (laughs) it's very complicated. Um, but yeah, it's, it stars Natalie Portman and it's about, um, it's like this really strange, oh gosh, basically this weird like mist kind of thing. <laughs> I'm describing this so badly. <laughs> it's like this, this thing like appears on earth and people don't know what it is. And it's basically like this weird like wall that like people that just like appears and when people try and cross into it. Like, they've never come back. And so they keep sending teams of researchers to the other side of this this weird mystical wall thing. Um, and so, like, it's all about this team of, like, women scientists that end up going in, trying to figure out, like, what has happened here, what's happening on the other side of this. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, it's very deep. It's very, <laughs> very sci-fi. Um, but it's I think it works for fives because it's also just, like, it's super heady. It's like you have to really, because like I could argue that the ending of it is not super satisfying if you don't want to like go all the way into like buying into this and trying to figure it out and like going along the investigation alongside them and like trying to figure out all the crazy elements of what's happening here. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I also like the ending is really hard to describe. (laughs) But um, I think it's just a really good. It's 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 almost on the edge of horror too. Like it has some definite like scary elements to it. Um, but it's like a beautiful film. Like I love that it centers around like strong women. Um, and I just think it really fits. Um, even though I just described it so poorly. <laughs> I find um, it I find it really interesting that fives like horror and sci-fi because like I read that too. Like on one of the the things we talked about or one of the uh-huh. the. Um, websites we were looking at and I was like this is so interesting to me because like I wonder like is it because fives are like information gatherers so they're really interested in a full nother universe of like like what like what I don't know like why yeah I think that's part of it for sure just like it's like okay someone's pitching this alternate or or weird version of a world to you and so like you want to find out everything about it you want to like know how it works and, like, why it could be something you could, like, believe, even it just, like, to suspend disbelief for a couple hours in a movie or something. Like, yeah. I know. And it's, it's weird because it's, like, not inherently what you would think of for fives. But when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh, it me. Like, I. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's not, like, the first thing you would think. Um, but, yeah, a, a more simple one that I picked <laughs> was... Um, which I, funny enough, I saw this on a lot of Enneagram lists for other numbers, but originally I had the secret life of Walter Mitty for number five. Um, just because I think it, I can identify with the element of like, um, that character starts out just being super, um, reserved, very quiet person, very like smart and like 
good at his job, but he, you see him actually like imagining all these false scenarios in his mind. Um, and then eventually he just makes the choice to like step out of what he's imagining and go on like a real life adventure. And he kind of finds like connection with other people, um, and kind of steps into himself through pushing himself that way. Um, so I just thought that that fit really well, just from like the whole, I was like, it resonates with me just from like <laughs> sitting there like imagining conversations and like things that you would do. Um, I think everybody does some part of that, but um, I just thought on like a very different than Annihilation note that that one was a good fit too. If you don't want to go horror, sci-fi, extremely weird. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Me too. I love the soundtrack of it. And I love serious Ben Stiller. Like I, I prefer him that way. <laughs> And, and as serious as he is, he's kind of, like, not serious at the same time, I feel like, in that movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I, this is the one I feel like I really messed up on. Number six? No, number five. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, duh. You haven't done yours yet. Because I was, I forgot that I started. <laughs> yeah, what do you have? I did the social network, which I think I told you I was doing no, that No, I think that's good. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason I did it is because I think Mark Zuckerberg is probably a, um, Enneagram 5, but mm. it's directed by David Fincher, which I completely forgot that when I looked this up. I was like, oh, it seems interesting. Um, but anyways, yeah. uh. Mark Zuckerberg, I think, is really intelligent, observe, observant, and there's a lot of times where he's, like, going through hell, like, in the situation mm-hmm. that he is, but he's, like, very, keeps his, he's very cool, calm, and collected, and unemotional, um, mm-hmm. and he's, like, able to keep his, yeah, he's just, like, when everyone else is freaking out around him, he's able to, like, and he's kind of, like... I don't, I don't see, and I, I hate that I picked this one because I'm basing it off of him being a five and I don't really like him. So <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You could be like people on different spectrums of the number and <laughs> I, I automatically take this one back because I'm not feeling good about it. Another one. No, I, th- I think it's good. I you think, do? Honestly, I, I, if anything, I could testify to that because I love that movie. I really, really love it. And yeah. um, I think I think it fits really well. Like, because even though he's so unlikable, but in that movie especially, like the way Jesse Eisenberg plays him, he's like fascinating to watch. And like, I, I actually think that's a really good pick for a five for sure. Like okay. as much as like, even if I might be like pulling from the more fantastical, like that other part of it definitely is an aspect of a five for okay. sure. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I was like, maybe I should have like <laughs> chosen something I know you love, like Midsommar. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Social Network. I think it's one of like the best movies of the last decade, like hands down. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for six. Um, I'm realizing I picked so many like niche films, so I apologize if these are like unrelatable to a lot of our <laughs> listeners. Um, but and this one, yeah, might be a stretch, but for six, I picked a movie called Thunder Road, um, which um, is yeah, super niche. Like I don't think it ever had like a big following, but oh my goodness, I love it so much. It actually was originally a short film, and then the guy who wrote it turned it into a full-length feature. Um, But I think 
really what I identify in it is that like the aspect of a six, um, like, you know, sixes can feel really unsettled and they desire to feel grounded. Um, and there's like that element of wanting to overcome whatever fears they have in relationships or other things in life and like kind of step out on their own and learn that they can be grounded. Um, so like there are definitely other things that play in the movie Thunder Road, but his he and his wife become divorced and his mother passes away. But he also has a young daughter. So he's dealing with um, just a lot of pain and loss of like two of the strongest relationships in his life. And the movie starts and he's having like just basically an epic meltdown. It's like hilarious, like the way it unfolds on screen, but just oh man, just like the biggest mental breakdown. And I don't I don't think it's good to like laugh at mental health issues, but this movie is like a really honest look at some of those things. Um, and they kind of use this comedy as a lens for that, but but it really is like at the end of the day, has a lot of heart um, and just like sincerity about it. But, but basically through the course of this movie, you see him at his rock bottom in the beginning and just feeling completely ungrounded and like, basically caving into all the fear that that brings but you kind of watch over the course of the film him become stronger and strengthening his relationship with his daughter um that's like a huge point of the movie throughout the whole thing is just trying to kind of get her back physically in his life and on his side after this bad divorce with his wife um it's just so incredible it's so moving it's like I can't recommend that movie enough like the guy who made it Jim Cummings he was like you know not a name in any way, shape, or form, but he, like, created this film that I think had, like, a lot of love on the festival circuit, like, the year that it came out, but it stayed pretty, like, indie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really, really good. I need to watch Sorry that. Sorry that I... I might... Yeah. I might just put that on my list for this weekend. Yes. I think... I feel like it, a four would appreciate it, too, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just really sweet. <laughs> so, for my number six pick... Um, this is actually, I feel like this is actually one of my favorite movies as well. <laughs> probably of all time, <laughs> like probably w- w- like top 10 for me. Um, Ooh. The Six is known as The Loyalist is kind of what they're called. But the movie is The Dawn Wall. Have you seen this movie? No. The what? The Dawn Wall? The Dawn Wall. It's a oh. documentary. Um, it's by Josh Lowell and Peter Mortimer, um, or directed by them. And it's the story of Tommy Caldwell and his like planning of climbing, um, the, like this climb called the Don Wall in Yosemite. And, but really why I love this movie so much is that he has to have like someone there with him, um, to do mm. the climb. And that person is Kevin Jorgensen. Um, and I think why I love this movie is because technically, or this documentary is technically because is Tommy Caldwell is supposed to be like the star of this. It's like he's doing something that's never been done before. Um, mm-hmm. And the documentary was very much supposed to be like, I think when it was started, it was very much supposed to be like centered on him. But mm-hmm. as the movie go- or the documentary goes on and the story goes on, I think the true star of the show ends up being Kevin, who's his partner, like helping him do it. Um, Nice. It is. I love this. Like, honestly, this is probably like top 10 movies for me. Um, Wow. I have to write this down. (laughs) I've like never heard of it. Yeah. That's so cool. It's definitely not like the most watched uh, 
like climbing documentary out there. Um, but yeah, I think the relationship that they have with one another and like how, like just focusing on like Kevin and his character development through the whole thing. Like he's very much in the back shadow, but like he's having to be loyal and basically they both have to climb together for this documentary to be Mm. shot and um, it's really, really good. I love this movie. I want oh, you to watch wow. <laughs> It's so good. Um, How do you spell D-O-N? The Don? Uh, D-A-W-N. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. So huh. that there was, it is. Okay. That was my loyalist pick. Um, I love that take on it, too. I'll have to watch that. It's like, yeah, movies like Free Solo and stuff always get all the love and those kind of topics. But it sounds really interesting just how it kind of shows more of their relationship and that they both have to do this thing like not just centered on one person (laughs) i i liked free solo and i like saw that one i feel like that one gets like they those came out the same year as well oh wow um i like free solo but the don wall to me is like hands down better so i highly recommend it yeah so nice (laughs) i I just added it to my letterbox watch list (laughs) I'm so thankful for that list because otherwise I would like make lists in other places and I would not remember like (laughs) where I wrote things down. I'm like, thank you, Letterboxd. (laughs) All right. So moving on to seven. So this, this is the one I feel least confident about. Um, I will just say that right now. I had another one for this. I think I mentioned it to you and I, but I was too worried that it was like really dark and not fair to a seven. <laughs> I still think it fits a seven, but I feel like it's like, it would have been like a seven at their worst. So kind of in an attempt to be more like uplifting. Um, well, I guess I, I'll kind of describe what a seven is too, but the seven is the enthusiast. Um, and Basically, these are the people who are like the life of the party. They're adventurous. Like really, everyone says this is like the fun number. Um, But kind of on the downside of a seven, it's hard for them to lean into when they feel badly or like melancholy. Like whereas a four can really lean into it. A seven has a really hard time with that. Um, They don't want to be like trapped in their emotional pain. Um, But they, they always just want to be like satisfied, content, just like hence being the life of the party. Like they're cool with focus being on them and <laughs> and getting their like filling their cups that way um so in terms of like a seven for a movie I think so I'd read a resource that said that good seven genre is like an adventure story so I kind of ran with that um but the movie I picked might be a stretch so anyway that movie is <laughs> I keep like stalling um is Hunt for the Wilder People which is Taika Waititi's movie I think it's from around 2017 um I the reason I'm not so sure about it is I feel like it might be a little bit like emotional for a seven but then again I don't know like um Seven is, like I said, very different from me. So it's part of where the insecurity is. But um, just Hunt for the Wilder People is an adventure story in that it's all about this um, young boy who's kind of been going through foster care and he ends up living, being placed with this like older couple who live just kind of like in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand. Um, But it's also like beautiful, like cinematically because of the landscape they're around. But essentially, because of um, some events that happen within the household, he ends up being on the run with um, the husband of this couple. They're, like, on the run from cops. And (laughs) um, it's a very, like, it's 
super funny. It's very like Taika Waititi, but also like he's so good at showing, especially with stories that are centered around kids, like showing the heart in it. Um, and so like when I was reading about seven adventure stories, it's, it was saying that like they emphasize the enjoyable aspect of a challenge or an adventure. And I feel like that's why this works because even though um, the two of like the young boy and this man are, are working through grief and just like other hardships together, it really focuses on like the funny aspect of that and just like them growing in their relationship to one another because like before they're forced to kind of be on the run, they didn't like each other at all and they were like at odds. Um, so it's just like a really, yeah, really sweet movie. Also hilarious, like a super fun adventure in a really unconventional way. It's like, you know, there's so many adventure stories out there, but I just really love that this is like two people who would never otherwise be thrust together are having to go on this ridiculous journey. And it's just like hysterical. It's one of my favorite of his movies for sure. So yeah, I went with Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm I'm so interested. What was the one that you like thought would be too dark for a seven? Oh, <laughs> it was it was her smell, oh. which is um, the Elizabeth Moss led movie that came out last year, and it's all about um, a woman who is she was like a super famous um, lead singer of a female like punk rock band, which is like really badass. But the movie is just all about her. It's like her at rock bottom, just like, like the band is trying to get back together. But at this point in her life, she's just, you know, had struggles with addiction and you just really see her like needing, needing to be center of attention and like for having the world revolve around her, um, in like a really big way. Like she's a woman who like used to always be the life of the party. And now that she's in a bad place, it's turned into like something really toxic. And so it's just all about like her kind of coming back into herself and like, um, you know, her band getting back together or trying to, um, it's so good. Like Elizabeth Moss is amazing, but it's like, it's definitely a dark take on it for sure. <laughs> so it's kind of like an Enneagram seven at their, like you said, at their worst or. Yes. Like yeah. a very unhealthy picture of an Enneagram seven, which <laughs> hey, makes, maybe makes it valid. Like yeah. this is still like, don't let this be you. <laughs> oh, no, that's yeah. a good pick. It's, it's crazy how many. It's funny that you picked like an adventure, like a journey movie, like how many journey movies are out there? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is actually my, my easiest one to choose for, I think. Oh, nice. Um, but I actually, I put two down. Um, the first one is Mad Max Fury Road, uh, directed by George oh. Miller. Um, yes. I think that one just because like that thing is full of action. There's so many, like mm-hmm. you could watch that movie like 25 times and you're still going to see just like different things happening. So it's like, it's just, it's just, <laughs> I guess I picked it cause like an Enneagram seven I see is like always being like really high or like on a high and like, like exciting yeah. things happening like over and over again. And this movie is definitely mm-hmm. like doesn't give you a break like you were on the edge of your seat <laughs> like the entire time um yes but I also picked book smart directed by Olivia Wilde oh, yeah. which is definitely like a journey movie but it's kind of this interesting uh-huh. um take on it's an, an energetic adventure night out for these two girls who've kind of spent their whole high school being the smart girls and now they want to 
kind of live live it up for the last night that they can, like with their high school um, schoolmates. And it's just, yeah, it's just like continuously. It's just a fun movie, I think. So uh-huh. I, that's why I picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of those picks. I love, oh my gosh, they're so different, but they're both so good and have a lot of like those core things. I think that would resonate with the same type of person, which is what's so interesting to think about movies this way. I Oh my gosh, I love Mad Max. That movie is so badass. It is. Um, and I love Booksmart. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, like, Mad Max, whenever I saw that movie, oh, sorry, Mad Max Fury Red, when I saw it, it really did <laughs> open my eyes to, like, I guess, the amazement of, like, action film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, fu- yeah. the fight se- sequences, like, really are reminiscent of, like, some of the um, Lord of the Rings sequences and like thinking of like Legolas and like that kind of stuff, but it's yes. like on steroids. Like it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not cutting any corners. It's no. like, <laughs> oh man. And I think it's so cool the way you thought of that too. Like, even if like the characters in the movie aren't sevens, like the aspects of the way this film was made really resonate with the seven. I think that's really cool yeah. way of thinking about it. Yeah. Man, that's another one I need to rewatch. Me too. Ugh. Like, literally, I could go on about that movie for a while. Like, that one is amazing. So good. Yeah. <laughs> you literally can't tear your eyes away from it. You like, can't. even, like, the quieter moments, it's, like, ugh, like riveting. I yeah. Even the quieter moments are, like, screaming at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or, like, with some sort of imagery or, like, uncomfortable imagery or something. Like, yeah. Yes. I recently watched one of the old ones. I don't even remember which one it was, to be honest. I was just like watching it on TV and I really liked it too. I was like, this is just like the most bizarre universe they've built, but somehow it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice, good picks. We're getting, we're getting to the home stretch here. So the eight is the challenger. Is that the name you have for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so eights, they're, their core desire for themselves, like when they're healthy, is to be controlled and perceived as strong and powerful. Um, but they fear others controlling them or being seen as weak, feeling betrayed or like a victim of injustice. Um, they they're, they can be very like protective of themselves or come across as aggressive because they fear like being hurt by others or like showing them and hurt by others. But on the flip side, a positive of that is like they can be really protective of others and have like a gentle nature. So when I was thinking about type eights, um, kind of similar to sevens, I feel like action movies really lend themselves to this type just because (laughs) they're very like strong personalities and are like protective and all those elements. Um, but the movie I picked for this was widows. Um, like this one I felt really strongly about. I was like, Oh, I know a movie for this. Um, First of all, just great. I'm loving doing this list because I can just gush about nine movies that I love. <laughs> um, we're not going to recommend any bad movies, I guess. Um, but Widows, I think, is like a really great picture of like a type eight, but also super satisfying to a viewer who's that type, I think, because basically it centers around a woman played by the amazing Viola Davis, who um, is a wife of a man um, who 
I don't know what the word is. Kind of like a mobster guy. Like he's somebody who's he's like you know been into criminal affairs or um, has uh, yeah been doing things outside of the law and has like made <laughs> a lot of his like money that way. He's not like totally a. I mean, maybe he's a bad guy. I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> but anyway, he he dies, and so the movie then all becomes about her. She's like, okay, my husband, who is this really powerful man is dead so now what I've got to do is I've got to learn how to like protect myself um and so basically she gathers um a group of other women whose husbands also were killed as part of the same event that killed her husband um so they they're all women of these people because basically it's like okay now that their powerful mobster husbands are dead like all their enemies are going to come after them you know so it's just all about them um learning to protect themselves and just to step like to do things on their own that like they had previously relied on their husbands for but it's also like a lot more complicated than that of course like they through the course of this they learn more about what their husbands are really up to and the Viola Davis character in particular I really think fits with an eight because um you know she's always been someone who's strong-willed but when this happens to her you know she starts out just being super like um stoic and like she when she's rallying these women like she's very like uh strict with them and like you know just doesn't beat around the bush she's like nope this is what we're doing like I'm the one in charge this is our plan but then she obviously comes to like be a protector for them um and yeah it's just oh my gosh it's so good it has everybody in it it's like such a good movie and um yeah it's, it's funny like I didn't read until afterwards but like I was reading that the eight genre is usually like like mafia stories work for them and I was like oh that's weird this is kind of like that but um yeah so good that's like (laughs) I can really see like I haven't seen this movie but how you're describing like the main woman character played by is it Viola Davis Mm -hmm. like she sounds I can see Enneagram eights especially like women like really enjoying that film Yes, just being like, heck yes, like this is a person, like she's aggressive, but for like the right reasons, yeah. like, yeah. Like really like a go-getter, like I was going to say grabs yes. life by the balls. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that definitely works in this scenario. <laughs> That's definitely what she does. And also another plug for this movie, it has, has like a really badass twist ending. So yeah, I didn't want to like say the whole thing, but yeah, recommend it. <laughs> all right what you got okay so honestly i feel like okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna say a broad statement here i feel like (laughs) any of noah bomback's movies would be a good eight enneagram yeah um so the two i wrote down were the meyerowitz stories and the squid and the whale and Mm. i think the reason i wrote that is i think Eights are like, yeah, they're called the challenger. Um, they, they're very confrontational. And I think a lot of times like eights, how they show love is kind of like poking the bear or like, I don't know, like, mm. I don't know like, how to explain this, but like basically yeah. both of these movies are very complicated, uh, family stories and mm-hmm. the love that's present there is like or the lack of love that's present there, like the interactions that happen in these movies are very confrontational. And as an Enneagram four, like sometimes I'm like 
sitting on the edge of my seat or like I, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> in this situation or like the the conversations that happened or like just the entering into conflict um like without like feeling sorry for it I guess like <laughs> or yeah without apology and um so yeah I picked those two I also put Punch Drunk Love by uh Paul Thomas Anderson which mm. I think that nice. uh Adam Sandler's main character is very Enneagram type eight in, um, in like the story of like him falling in love. But yeah, I kind of struggled yeah. with this number. I, I, I feel good about it, but I'm like, I yeah. don't know. So yeah. Have you seen the Meyerowitz stories in the squid and the wheel? I actually haven't. Okay. No, I was like, I was gonna say, it's like both been on my watch list forever. Um, but I just having seen other Noah Baumbach movies, I think you make a great point that like the eights are not afraid of confrontation and he always drives that out in his movies. Like, yeah, like it's really hard for me to watch that scene in marriage story when Scarlett Johansson and Adam driver are fighting, but it's like, (laughs) but like an eight, even though that's like a, yeah, very extreme scene. It's like an eight can resonate with that. And like being fighting for something that they have such a passion for is like totally an eight thing. I think. Yeah. Or just like, I think that's like, maybe how like eight show love sometimes is like, yeah, like coming to the table and being willing to fight for something. Um, yes. But I think eights would really appreciate the, the complexities of like Noah Baumbach's family movies that, he, yeah. <laughs> um, and just like the complications that are there. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch those movies. I've so many times, it's like one of those, every time I'm scrolling through Netflix or whatever, I'm like, I pause on those movies and then (laughs) I don't know why. It's just never like come to fruition, but I love it. Number nine, the peacemaker. Yes. Last but not least. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny to me that there's not like around 10 personality types, but, (laughs) but Hey, I mean, they're not going to create one just to create one, I guess. <laughs> Enneagram knows what it's doing. Um, cool. Well, okay. So the nine is a peacemaker. Um, so because of that, they crave a sense of inner peace, kind of kind of like a six, like a sense of stability. Um, and they're always wanting people in their lives and like the greater world to like just be okay. Like, They're really great at unifying people and mediating conflict, but sometimes because they're so good at seeing other people's perspectives, they can't see their own or they're not like as in touch with their personal um, beliefs, which is really so interests me about this type because it's like they they care so much about what's going on around them, but because they're working so hard to like understand everything on their own, they're not always sure their own perspective or where they're going to put their own stake in the ground. Um, which is, yeah, just fascinating to me, but, um, that, so, was, yeah, that so was a really good the, description, by the way. That was really good. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I, I definitely resonate with this type for sure. Like I thought potentially I was a nine at one point, but then I decided I had too many opinions. Um, but oh, sorry, I just like yanked out my own headphones. <laughs> Like flailing my arms around. <laughs> oh, oh man. So anyway, <laughs> the the movie I picked for nine is kind of probably sound like a stretch, but I actually like the more I unpacked it, I was like, no, I feel good about this. Um, 
But I was also also reading that like nines also resonate with fantasy stories. So this kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, but especially fantasy stories that show some like awakening to your own agency. So that's where this comes into play. So for number nine, I picked the movie Atlantics, which you've seen so that good. movie, right? Great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just love that movie. Looking for an excuse to talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so so uh, Atlantics centers around a character named Ada who um, is living in, um, I, I can't remember if it's actually in Senegal or if that's where the filmmaker is from, but this is a foreign film. Um, and basically what kind of is the inciting incident in this film is that um, she is in love with this young man who lives in the same village she does, but he ultimately decides along with a great number of the other young men in their town to um, to leave to uh, live in Spain, to basically cross the ocean to Spain in search of like a better life for themselves, for better job opportunities, because basically these young men have really been... Um, just cheated by like a corrupt boss they've been doing work and not getting paid for it and so they basically feel like where they're at there's no future for them no way they can provide for themselves or their family so in the middle of the night one night all the young men leave um and so basically it's sad but basically they don't make it to spain their boat capsizes in the ocean and um all the young men pass away so for the main character, she was in love with one of them, but she was also engaged to this other rich boy who's, like, completely different. Um, and so the story, I think, why this works for a nine is because Ada is, like, dealing with the grief of losing the man that she really loved, but then she's also feeling very, like, pushed and pulled from... You see her literally, like, going back and forth between two groups of friends she has. Like, one group of friends who are like, what's wrong with you? You have to marry this rich guy to, like, have a life for yourself and to be, like, pure. And then this other group of friends who is, like, urging her to kind of come into her own and her own agency of, like, no, like, you loved this other guy, Solomon. Like, um, this is who you really are. But anyway, there's <laughs> it's a very complicated movie, too, because um, there's also, like very much a supernatural element in it which I think is really cool how they pull that off and I don't want to spoil it because it's like core to the movie um so there's that element but also overall I think it appeals to the altruism of a type nine like really caring like as a nine viewer not that this is like core that much to the storyline but like a type nine can really find like their care for like refugee crisis um exploitation of the poor by the wealthy there's a big like element of um like Ada's dealing with like fetishization of purity from the people in her life Mm -hmm. um because she had this other relationship that wasn't like seen as like correct in the eyes of God and wasn't to the man she was like supposed to marry so um so yeah I just think that that could resonate with someone who is this type because there's a lot of really like this movie makes a lot of statements about some really important things under, even though it's under the guise, like kind of this supernatural love story. Anyway, I don't know if that made any sense, but I got chills. (laughs) It's a good movie. Describing it. Cause I, I forgot how like complex this movie really is, you know? Yeah. It's so unusual. It literally will like, yeah, I literally like my jaw dropped once I figured out what was actually going on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you have? 
it's oh, sorry, funny. did I cut you off? No, no. It's funny that you picked um, just, or like, I guess like, it's funny that the story behind Atlantics, because it's kind of similar to the story that's behind the movie I picked. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, I Love picked it. Tiger Tail. Uh, have you seen Tiger Tail? Oh. No, I haven't. Okay. It's, I I should have, yeah. <laughs> um, it came out in 2020. It's on Netflix. Uh, I actually watched it during quarantine, um, but it's a first feature from Alan Yang. Um, but basically, it's it tells the story of an older man who is an immigrant uh, from Taiwan, and it goes back into, like, when he was a lot younger and he's just kind of contemplating his life. Um, but I definitely think he is a type nine and kind of like you goes back to contemplate his life. And it, it kind of goes back to like where he was like choosing between this woman that he really truly loved. Um, and Mm -hmm. then this woman who gave more opportunity to him and his mother, who was really in a like struggling, um, financially, and with her health as well. So it's actually like really similar to Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. That must mean we're right. Yeah. I, I feel good about it. Um, but it's, I would say that like, it's a good movie for nines to watch because in my personal opinion, I think he ended up making the wrong choice. Um mm. Cause he was putting the needs of others before his own needs or like before his own wants and was able to like, kind of like separate himself from that. And yeah. even though like time goes by and he has a daughter with this woman that he marries and he's like, he's struggling to connect with the daughter, not because it's not because like he married the wrong woman, but I think just because he's continually been putting his own needs and wants like, at the bottom of the list of priorities. So it prevents him to being Mm. able to connect emotionally with his daughter. Um, Mm. But I think it's, it's a really (laughs) sad story of regret, like from an old man's perspective. And it's really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that depressing movies can be so good. Yeah. (laughs) I love a lot of depressing movies. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a good, I think it's like a good call to action movie for like type nines to like inspire them to put their needs first. Um, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I need to watch that one. I, I like, I remember when it came out and like being excited about it and then I don't know what happened. I must've like gotten like down the rabbit hole with some other show or something who knows but yeah. <laughs> alan yang i really am a big fan of his work and i don't even think i realized that that was what the story was about so that sounds really interesting i'm really proud of our list i think none of us Me neither too. of us had anything on the as the same like i'm really surprised I know. by that i thought we would i was i was really expecting we'd have something the same but for different numbers or something like that you know um yeah i'm proud of us too i feel like these are really solid lists and it's fun to do it's fun to like think of yeah just movies under these different lens types of lenses and I feel like you could almost like do one of you could make so many of these lists too just like whenever you felt like it of like because there's just so many movies out there that fit these um yeah I think it's fun I think we did a good job 
I do too. <laughs> the Enneagram nerds will have to tell us if yeah. we're right or wrong, but <laughs> yay. So cool. And yeah, I love that now I have a bunch of movies to add to my watch list too. So that's great. Okay. So one thing that's been on my watch list for a really long time is Almost Famous. Um, oh, yeah. Which I think people like know it or recognize it of like it starring Kate Hudson and her kind of mm-hmm. being like a, a groupie of sorts, I guess. And uh-huh, like uh-huh. the story of um, a, a rock journalist and him following kind of like him following this rock band around. But eventually it kind of turns into him following her around and his love for her. And, um, mm-hmm. and though I think like parts of it are really good. Like I think overall the story is really, really good, but the main character, Patrick, wait, uh huh, Patrick Fugit. Is that how you say it? Uh huh. I think so. Something like that. I just found his acting, like Patrick Fugit's acting, to be so poor in this. Oh. That it so really it distracted you? It distracted me from the entire thing. <laughs> I just felt like it was like they chose this main character who like could not keep up with like the acting of everyone else in the film. Oh wow. Um yeah. Kate Hudson is great in it. Um really everyone is really good in it. Zoe De Chanel is actually in this movie who plays his yeah. older sister. Um, but I think I went into it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to love this movie. And I even went into it thinking, oh my gosh, what a cool like outfit or like a cool Halloween costume it would be to dress (laughs) up as like Penny Lane from Almost Famous. But I was not impressed with this. I thought his acting was horrible. (laughs) Like literally so bad. I'm like, why do people talk about this movie all the time? Like, I don't know. But that's just my personal opinion. So... (laughs) That's so funny. No, I totally think that's valid. Like, he has a very, yeah, it's like, I feel like the way he acts is like, kind of, and this may be controversial too, but I feel like Paul Dano is kind of a similar kind of actor. It's like, you, he's like toes a line between like, is it like an endearing awkwardness thing? Or is it just like, you're stiff and like, you know, you're not doing a good job? <laughs> I can totally understand that. Like he's, I, yeah. I can't figure it out. Apparently, like he's in Gone Girl as well. I don't remember him in that at all. Oh yeah, I think he was one of the detectives. Well, he's also in Saved, that movie that I was talking really? about. I was like, uh oh. I was like, maybe. But he's a much smaller role in Saved. He's not like the main person, but he is in it. So I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> might not like it but (laughs) no it just it really felt like he was too young to play the main part in this film and he didn't fit it felt awkward to me it wasn't believable and Mm -hmm. I feel like someone else could have really done that part justice so yeah I can see that I mean he's with giants like Francis McDormand like Philip Seymour Hoffman like huge Uh actors Philip Seymour Hoffman is my I love him. My fave. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was my disappointing watch of recent, of late. <laughs> That's what we should start doing is having a segment of like, here's things we watch that everybody hypes and we do not think are good. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to watch next? 
Or do you know? Honestly, after hearing you talk about widows, I'm like, that sounds like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you and I have exciting news. We're, we haven't been able to yeah. go to a theater for a long time, and this also might be controversial that we made the decision to do this, but we're going to be seeing uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet um, in yeah. at Alamo Draft House, and I'm really excited just to like watch a movie on a big screen, so... That's, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically using this as a like, as a, a test round of like, what is it going to be like going to the movies in this context? Like, because if I feel like they're not being safe, then like, I won't do it again, you know? Like, but I feel like where we're going, they're being super intentional about like, like, there's going to be like nobody seated around us. Like, basically, yeah. when someone buys a seat, they block out like all the other seats in like a bubble around them and, um, they're doing yeah temperature checks and like you have to order everything in advance so that people aren't like talking. <laughs> they're, I feel like they're being just about as responsible as you can be. So I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, who, I, I hope the movie's good. I heard some interesting things about it, but I'm going in open-minded and excited about the experience. <laughs> yeah. I One thing I think is interesting is you and I bought, or you bought our tickets, like, I guess like last weekend. Mm-hmm. I recently got on to check, like, if there's any more spots. Like, this is, like, by the looks of it, it's an action movie. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, it should be really popular. It should be a blockbuster. It should be sold out. You know what I mean? And the uh-huh. fact that our, like, that it's not at an early showing of this film and, mm-hmm. like, that the there's still a ton of tickets for that theater is kind of... Showing me, I don't, I'm not too positive about, I don't think people want to go to the theater. Right yeah. Now, yeah. That surprises me too. It's such, yeah, such an interesting like litmus test of like, just, yeah, people's general feelings about it. Cause you're right. Like this is the movie that if people are like dying to go, like this is the movie that you would think would get them there. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. Um, but it's good for us cause the yeah. less people in there, the better. <laughs> I can eat. You're right. I forgot. I was oh, sorry. Say, I was gonna say I can take my mask off to eat my popcorn. Like I feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. It's so funny. I like totally forgot that we actually had like thinking how we always share what we're gonna watch next. It's like I'm just so not used to like going to see a new movie in the theater. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what have you been watching? <laughs> So what I've been watching is um, for another film club thing, we watched Vertigo a few weeks ago, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, I'd never seen it. And I just felt so, like, I just really loved that movie so much. So because of that, like, my husband and I have been just kind of making our way through, like, a bunch of the other Hitchcock classics. So, like, I'd seen a few of them before I saw Vertigo, but... Since then, in addition to Vertigo, we've watched Rear Window and Dial in for Murder. Um, and that's just been really fun just to, like, I don't know. I just, it, I feel like I'm way late to the game to just now be watching all of these movies, too. But um, I've just really been enjoying it, like, getting into the old classic movie sphere. And, um, yeah, they all are mysteries. Um, and it's just been a really fun, like little tangent to go on so I don't know how many more we'll watch but um 
yeah, so far out of all of those, like, like I'd also seen like the birds and Psycho before. Um, so, but I just really am obsessed with Vertigo. Like that movie has kind of like changed my life. So I can't. <laughs> so like after I saw that, I was like, I'm all in. And the other ones are good too, but that's been my favorite one so far. Um, what's, so yeah, what that's... striked that? Like what striked the like the to album? watch Vertigo? Yeah, or to watch like a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock's films, like. Well, it was really just coincidental because we, like, for this film club, we have, like, just a whole a list of, like, 50 movies that, like, people have just added. And so we kind of rotate who chooses one for the week. And Vertigo had been on the list. Um, and so then when it was this person, this person just chose it for that week. And so we watched it for film club. And then just because I loved it so much, just have gone fully in like okay what else can I watch that is like this like (laughs) just so beautiful like oh my goodness the costumes like just so charming and like he was just I know Alfred Hitchcock was not the best dude but he was so like ahead of his time like his movies are just incredible um so yeah it's just I've been totally up wrapped up in that world and (laughs) who knows when when we'll exit out of it but we've been hardcore in the 1950s as of late (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean go back it's way better than the current state you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe that's part of it an escapism to a time that was just so different like it definitely had its negative aspects too but it's i think that that's been part of it it's just being like oh wow like old hollywood like so different you know (laughs) All right. Well, that's all we've got for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for coming on the Enneagram journey with us. That was a fun one. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.